0: The text for the sermon today is taken from that reading from 1 Corinthians, which you heard a little bit ago. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, as a warning, as you heard that text, this is probably not going to be the most comfortable sermon to hear. Because it addresses a very prominent problem in our culture. Or I should say, a multitude of problems, all related. See, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. Corinth was a city in modern-day Greece, which was also happened to be a port city, which invited all sorts of different kinds of people. And it was also the home to the temple of Aphrodite, the goddess of love. As a consequence, it was also home to about a thousand temple prostitutes. The city was full of perversions. And because the city was full of these perversions, so was the church in Corinth. Issues that Paul had to address. Issues such as a chapter that does not come up in our lectionary, but in chapter 5... Is when he addresses a situation of a man having relations with his father's wife, which at best case scenario was his stepmother, at worst case, it was his mother. Later in the first Corinthians, Paul addressed the issue of homosexuality, which, yes, was very widespread in Greco-Roman culture. When Paul wrote in the letter his letter to Ephesus that husbands are to love their wives, that was considered a radical statement. Because in the first century, husbands weren't expected to love their wives. Wives existed for one purpose, to have babies. In first century Greco-Roman culture, the most desirable mate was not a woman, but young boys. That was the world to which Paul was writing. Homosexuality was widespread and rampant. And so he addressed it. And then you have the text that you heard today. Addressing the problem of prostitution. That was widespread in the city. Very, very easy to connect the dots to our own culture. Our own culture has become... Perverse. Exceedingly so. I was just thinking about it a few moments ago that in 2008 presidential election, at that time, neither of our presidential candidates supported gay marriage. The last election, both of them did. How much has changed in 10 years? Now, granted, one of those in 2008 changed their mind, but still shows you what changed in 10 years. We li- think there's a great analogy by C.S. Lewis. He said, "Imagine for yourself. Imagine you you find yourself in a hall, and in front is a stage with a curtain." And there's people sitting in their chairs, all very, very intently, watching the stage to see what would happen. And so they're sitting there, they're getting excited, and then the curtain gets pulled back, and there it is. And they are starting and hooting and hollering, and what it is, is a plate of steak and potatoes. What would you think went wrong with that society? Well, there's one of two scenarios as to what's going on. Either the society is famished or they're gluttonous. One of those two. Hunger is an appetite. God also gave us an appetite that is designed for the procreation of children. He gave an appetite that was designed for being fruitful and multiplying. And yet we do live in a culture where people go and see on stage members of the opposite sex, doing those very things that create the hooting and hollering. We live in a culture where you don't even have to go to a stage, you can access it readily, on your computer, or your smartphone, or wherever. And it's been like, granted, computer is a more recent thing, but we've been dealing with this for quite a while, many decades. And this reality of pornography, the reality of the strip clubs, all have empowered an evil in our culture, evil of human trafficking, This past summer, many people were hashtagging Save the Children when it was politically convenient to do so. Can't help but notice the silence this month. And You know why I say that? Because a few years ago, President Trump declared the month of January National Awareness of Human Trafficking, and the silence is complete. The only ones I'm hearing talk about it is NFL players, like Aaron Rodgers. But I guess it's not politically convenient to talk about it. And it's also probably not convenient to talk about that it is not just widespread among celebrities, it's widespread even amongst the general population. Many years ago, when I talked about this, at, when I was up in Ocheedan, One of my members who is a truck driver, because I mentioned the fact that truck stops are a hotbed for human trafficking. Where girls who are averaging 13 years years old are forced into intimate relations with different men up to 40 times a day. Slavery and constant rape. It is so prominent in the trucking industry that truck drivers have a term for these girls: What lizards." It is common, and yet our culture—it wasn't until 2012, really, that even our pre- any of our presidents talked about it. Obama started talking about it, and then Trump carried the torch. He's done after. but it's an evil in our society. And yes, pornography empowers it. Strip clubs empower it. And if you don't believe me, do you know what's the first case of human trafficking in the state of Iowa? Do you know where it happened? Denison, at a strip club. So it's pretty close to home, isn't it? But what about, now that's, that's like, okay, I don't, you and I have participated in those, But what about some of the other sexual immoralities in our culture? Sex outside of marriage is widespread, even though we have over a century worth of evidence showing that it is bad for the relationship, it's still pursued. CNN, do anybody think CNN is like the big pro-Christian news network? Anybody think that? But even CNN has had future articles talking about how it is damaging, in particular, to women. Because of the psychology that is involved with it, it gives power over the man. From the man over the woman. Makes her extra susceptible to domestic violence. Cohabitation living together prior to marriage. In the United States, 83% of the United States population considers this to be acceptable. They actually found that right now, for the first time in history, more adult Americans have, lit or have cohabitated outside of marriage than have been married. First time in U.S. history. Even in spite of the fact that, again, data shows that living together prior to marriage, your divorce rate goes up anywhere from 33 to 50%. Because the very act of doing it is showing a distrust of the individual you're going to marry one day. Because you're not willing to take that risk of living together after you say, I do. You want to test the waters. And then there is just a simple fact. Here's the quote. We know what sells, don't we? We know what sells. It feeds into our lust. Jesus said that if anybody has ever looked lustfully upon other, another, they are guilty of committing adultery with them in their heart. So our culture feeds upon our lustfulness. Marketers, movies, TV shows all feed into it. The sexual immorality that plagued Corinth plagues the United States of America as well. And what are we called to do? Repent. To come before our Lord and confess our sins unto him. To repent because we have failed to honor him. As he says, as Paul says, you were bought with a price. Glorify God in your body. This we have failed to do in many and various ways. To honor our body that was bought by the blood of Jesus. And so we are called to repent. Confess our sins unto him. Confess that we have failed. And pray that God would enable us and lead us to be Ones who glorify him in our bodies. Because the temptations say, well, you just got to tell you that you could get this straight on your own power, of your own ability. Our sinful nature does not want to do what God tells us to do. Our sinful nature wants to live how it wants to live. So we turn to our God in heaven. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he is the one who enables us to live as he calls us to live. But before he does that, he first tells you, you are forgiven. Whatever sexual immorality it may be, whatever way it is that you failed to glorify God in your body or in your mind, Whatever way it has happened, no matter how great or small, the blood of Jesus covers it all. We began the service, confessing sins, which include those sins, and you heard it all the same. And then say, well, those sins are acceptable, or those are are forgivable. No, all of it, all of it is forgiven by the blood of Christ. There is no sin too great, too grievous, to bypass the grace of God. By the blood of Jesus, it is all forgiven. And it's of note that Paul, who writes these letters to the church at Corinth, it is also in that same letter that he would tell them of a blessed meal that they would partake of, where they would be united to the body of Jesus. That they would receive his body, receive his blood for the forgiveness of sins, for the strengthening of their faith, for the enabling of them to be as Christ designed them to be. He gives you this gift to strengthen, to forgive, to renew. And so that he may lead you and guide you to be ones who glorify him in body. And repentance That forgiveness does not just mean it gives excuse to live as you wish. It does not mean that you could bypass it and say, well, I'm going to be forgiven anyways." Instead, you look at what Christ has done for you. How he sacrificed himself on the cross for you. That this sin has forgiven, been forgiven. Paul said, how how could we continue in sin? Do you not know that we have died to sin? so we are called to rise to a new life. That means if you struggle with something like pornography, get help. There are many, many resources out there. If someone is having relationships outside of marriage, stop. And if that burning desire is there, get married. You don't have to have a huge ceremony. People who have been getting married during COVID have, been, have not had big ceremonies so you could get away with not having one do. Get married. Go, go to the courthouse. Get your license. Come to, to myself or whoever. Get married. And if you want a big ceremony later, you can do that. That is what repentance is. Turn over a new leaf. Walk as Christ has called you to. And when you fail again, Come to the throne of grace and receive forgiveness in his name. In Jesus Christ, amen.